0: Well, good morning, Axis Church. How's everybody doing today? Happy Father's Day to you dads. We're so glad you guys are here today. Uh, We want to offer you a gift from our church that comes uh, uh, also through Kenny Burtz, who developed his own line of spice for your smoked beef and chicken and pork. And it is out there today, and you guys can enjoy it, one per dad and uh, just enjoy that on us, and we hope that you have a great uh, time with your family. There's a couple of cards out there I want you to know about in the lobby. One is for our students, and this gives the dates. The students are doing things this summer. Uh, the next event that they're having is a pool party at my house uh, on June 22nd, the day after my birthday. So if you want to come celebrate with me, that's fine too, but right there it is, and uh, we'll give you directions on how to get there. And then also uh, we have this thing called Pop-Up Summer Events, June 30th, we have a pop-up event uh, with our kids and families, and that is at Heritage Oak Park right here in Mason from 9.30 to 11, and we're going to have a lot of games and things like that, so make sure you mark those things on your calendar uh, this week, and so that you have them as they come up, make sure you get those cards today, all right? Uh, Dads, we're so glad you're here today. And I want to uh, just have a word of prayer with you and for you today. So if there's a dad near you, would you just put your arm on his shoulder and, uh, or your hand on his head, on his bald head, or whatever, and, uh, and we'll just make sure we pray for our dads, all right? Uh, God, we just give you thanks today for uh, loving us and for just being our Heavenly Father, where you have taught us what it means to love and to sacrifice, and And God, you show us what it means to be a father, and none of us are ever going to live up to that standard, and yet, God, you give us strength for the day. You encourage us. You remind us that our job is to love and to sacrifice and be a support and encourager and sometimes a disciplinarian, and yet, God, you give us the, the strength. Even when we mess up, you give us that grace that we need to go on and try again tomorrow. So God, pray today that our dads would be refreshed, they'd be encouraged, they would feel uplifted. And God, we also pray for those dads that are no longer with us, and we just celebrate them and their life and their legacy. We pray, uh, God, that we'd be able to be more and more like you today. And We just ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, how many of you would say you're a rugged outdoorsman type? Raise your hand. You are not happy unless you are living off the land eating some exotic bug for dinner, freezing to death in sub-zero temperatures, risking life and limb on a death-defying mountain climb. Again, how many of you are like that? Anybody in here like that? Well, maybe some of you aren't like that. Maybe you're more like this. You like the outdoors, but your outdoor adventures are less adventuresome. You enjoy the simple pleasures, roasting s'mores over a warm fire, Sleeping on a select comfort air mattress, in 50 degree weather, hiking uh, to the bathhouse. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You might even hunt as long as you don't have to clean it. Okay. Well, how many of you are like that? Raise your hand if that's more like you. All right. Now I'm probably somewhere in between. I love the outdoors. I love nature. I don't particularly like to eat bugs for dinner. Uh, I do like to hunt. Uh, but I don't get to do it very often, and I like to fish. I also don't do that very often anymore, but I enjoy fishing. In fact, I remember as a kid that I loved to fish. Now, I'm not talking about bass pro fishing. I'm not talking about a pig and jig. I'm not talking about the old spinner bait. I'm talking about the way we used to do it. We used to do it with a bobber and a, and a simple reel, and you're wondering what's on the end of this. Well, that's a balloon, all right? I was trying to protect you. And last service, I threw it out there, much like I'm about to do in this next moment. And the balloon flew off. And so I started to reel it in, and it got caught on the carpet. And a couple of the guys wondered, why would you throw a live hook out into the audience? I'm like, well, you know what? It's an adventure at Axis Church, all right? It's just an adventure. And you know what? I'm, I'm pretty good at casting." So I knew exactly where I was going to throw that. So there's no fear, no fear. And no, oh wait, it's stuck again. (laughs) It is a live hook. Hey, somebody grab that for me. Could you, I even taped that thing this hour. I, I couldn't have planned that if I wanted to, that it would get stuck like that again. Look at that. That, oh, it got stuck again. It got stuck again. Wow. Oh, again. I'm going to pull it up this time. Okay. All right. There we go. Look at that. See, now you see how safe it is here at Axis Church. It is so safe. Well, I won't cast it again. But when you cast out, I knew the, how to do it. I, in fact, I was a very famous castman. I, could cast, I was known all over Deep River Creek as one of the best casters. And I could cast it, and I could throw it out. And you know what I would do then? I'd reel it back. And I would cast it out, and I would reel it back. Now, I wasn't that great at putting a worm on it. And I wasn't that great at taking the fish off, especially as a little kid. But I could cast with the best of them. And I would cast it out, and I would reel it back. And I understood what fishing meant back then. It meant to bait, cast, watch, and reel. Bait, cast, watch that little bobber, and try to reel it in and set the hook. That was what fishing was. And I could just do that all day. Just cast it out, reel it in. And by the way, I have a feeling that many of you in this room today are just as good at casting and reeling as I am. You love to cast it out there. That's exciting. It's such a relief when you get a nice long cast like that, but you can't leave the fishing hole without reeling it back in. Now, the Bible talks about casting. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, cast all your anxieties on him Because he cares for you. And maybe you've already realized that I'm still talking about casting, but I'm no longer talking about fishing. Because what we like to do is we like to cast it out there, and we like to reel it back in. Did you know there's two types of casting? One is what I just talked about with fishing, where you cast it out and you reel it back in. The other kind is where you pick up and you carry a heavy burden, like this backpack and you're carrying it around, and you are loaded down, and you are weighed down by this burden, and you decide that you're going to cast this burden off. And so you take off the heavy burden, and you lay it down, and then you leave it there. And some of you, when it comes to anxieties and burdens, you're more likely to cast like this fishing pole than you are like this backpack. You have a tendency, maybe even when you come into church today, you were burdened by things and you cast those cares on God. We sing songs like, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. And you feel so good about the burdens being lifted in that moment. But almost the moment that we walk back outside, you get back in your car, you pick those burdens right back up, you reel it back in. The reality is you never released control. You just reeled it right back in so that now you can try to be back in control of your anxieties and of your fears. But when Peter says, cast your anxiety on God because he cares for you, the Greek word for cast is, is a singular act. It is like taking this backpack and laying it down. It is the deliberate act of flinging something away from yourself, casting it off and leaving it there. And I'm pretty sure in this room that many of us, we understand what it means to cast. The problem is we're casting a lot more like the fishing pole than we are like the backpack. We take our anxieties and our cares, we cast them on God, but then we keep them for ourselves and reel them back in. In this series called Staycation, we have been talking about what it means to stay. Last week, Josh talked about stay a while or the value of hospitality. Today, I'm talking about staying in the moment, and the biggest, I think, enemy against staying in the moment is this idea of worry and anxiety, because I've realized that if I have a lot of worry, if I'm carrying a heavy pack, that makes me uh, very unable to support and encourage the people around me. If I'm carrying these heavy burdens, this anxiety that I'm not meant to carry, then I am not able to relate as well to people, to plan as well for the future, to prepare for my finances, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm carrying that heavy burden. And what we're going to talk about today is casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. And there are a lot of big ones out there, aren't there, right now? Here's the four biggest ones. One of them is money and the economy. How many of you would say that's a problem? I really considered putting a $5 bill on the hook and casting it out here, but I was afraid there might be a fight over that gallon of gas, all right? I thought there might be a problem in the middle of Axis Church here today. Another burden is our family, especially our kids, and then our health, ours or someone we love, or our future, what's going to happen tomorrow. These are the four biggest concerns that we all carry money, our family, our health, and our future. And what is interesting about these is that when you carry worry about those things, it actually has an opposite effect than what you intended. Think about it. When you are worried about your children and you carry the stress of what's going on in the world, you are more stressed with them, more overwhelmed by them. And in fact, it'll cause you oftentimes to overreact to them rather than responding to them in love. You're worried about your future, but worry often paralyzes you from doing anything about your future. You're just carrying that heavy pack, worried about what's gonna happen. You're worried about the economy, so you hold on to what you have instead of thinking about wise investing or taking smart, calculated risk. The opposite effect of worry is what you intended. In other words, you might've intended something good, But instead, it ends up worse. Now, I think there is a distinction about being worried, about being concerned about something. Worry is troubling yourself or fretting over something that you have little or no control over. In other words, you can't do anything about it anyway, so why worry about it? Concern is that instead, as opposed to anxiety or worry, concern focuses on probable difficulties, and it results in your action, Worry results in inaction. Concern causes you to act. Worry focuses on uncontrollable difficulties and results in no action. Worry is always saying, what if? What if there's an earthquake? What if I get cancer? What if my son has an accident on the way home? What if my company goes bankrupt? Worry frets and stews about those things, and yet they're improbable. It's more than likely not going to happen, and if it does happen, then you'll be able to react to it at that time. Concern plans and takes action. Current concern says, I need to be concerned about my children and their, their financial future, and so therefore I'm going to be a good saver, or I'm going to plan for their education. But today, we're talking about unhealthy worry. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about the worry that weighs down so many people, and, in, and, and the verse we're going to look at today is Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. Listen to these words. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're in the habit of memorizing scripture, or if you're not, this is a good one to memorize. It's a good one to, to keep in mind. Don't be anxious, the Lord is near. So I'm just going to talk to you today about casting anxieties, not like the fishing pole, instead like the backpack. Casting your anxieties means you rely on God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5 says, the Lord is near, so don't be anxious about anything. Now you would fully expect me to say something like that in church, wouldn't you? Just rely on God. You're like, that's a very pastoring thing to say. Just rely more on God. But friends, it's true. The Apostle Paul gives us some perspective here. And he says, listen, you don't have to carry the burden alone. Rely on God. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In other words, God's going to take out a machete and make sure that as you walk forward, the path is straight, that he's preparing the way for you, one step ahead of you so that you know that you can trust in him. And one of God's promises we should always remember, whether we are worried or afraid or feeling lonely, is that God is with you. His Holy Spirit is our constant companion. He's our counselor. He's our comforter. He's our friend. And that encourages us. So when I say rely on God, it's not just a spiritual thing to say. It's a reality. God's presence is with you. You guys remember when you were a kid and you were in your bedroom and it was dark at nighttime? and you're, you're afraid, and you yell out to your mom or your dad, and you say, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, it's dark. Come into my room, come sit with me. And before you were afraid, but when your parent comes in, and you felt like before there was a monster under the bed, or what have you, now they come in, and they sit in the corner in a, in a rocking chair, and just the very presence of your parent in the room causes you to rest peacefully. Why? What's the difference? Same monster under the bed, same level of darkness, nothing in your, in your circumstances have changed except for the fact that God is with you, that your parent is there. And when we know that God is with us, we're able to handle anything that happens in this life. We know that God is with us. We don't have to worry about facing the world alone or making wrong decisions or doing something stupid because God has promised us the great counselor to guide and comfort us and direct us. So rely on God. Rely on God. That's hard to grasp, so let me help you grasp it. The second thing is, rely on God in every situation, in every moment. The Bible says, but in every situation, not just the big things, but also the small things. When you worry, do you worry about what happens tomorrow, or next week, or way out in the future? There are thousands of things you could worry about. What if we run out of groceries before the next paycheck, which is possible for some, you know, is right now. What if I'm not prepared for my retirement? What if my kids uh, don't have enough money for college? What if my house burns down? What if I get fired? What if my child rebels? What if my spouse dies? In every situation, big or small, we say, God, I'm going to trust you in every situation, no matter what it is, God, I'm going to believe and know. I'm going to understand through my history that, God, you've been with me in the past. You're going to be with me in the future. And God, I want to trust you in every moment. Remember that God promises you provisions for the day. He expects us to plan wisely for the future, but he commands us, don't worry because I'm with you. I already know what you need. I didn't put it on the side screens, but I want to read the words of Jesus, your, your Savior, the one who loves you. Listen to these words from Matthew six. He says, "Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about what your body or about your body or what you will wear. Is life not more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that great advice from your Savior? Don't worry tomorrow has enough trouble. God's going to give you the provision that you need today. Remember the Old Testament where he gave the Israelites, he gave them just enough manna for the day. If they couldn't hold it or hoard it because it's spoil, just enough, they'd wake up the next morning, they'd trust God for manna. And I've just learned, and I've seen it happen time and time again, that when you need it in just the right moment, God's going to give you what you need. He's going to give you the strength that you need. And if today you have a six on the pressure scale, he's going to supply six reinforcements. And if tomorrow they measure 10 on the challenge scale, he's going to supply you with 10 resources. But if we waste three of the six resources worrying about tomorrow's 10 pressures, we're not going to be able to stand up underneath them. Don't worry about tomorrow. Trust in God and his daily provisions for, for your needs. Trust him every day at every moment. Take those burdens and say, God, I can't handle this burden on my own. I want to release that to you. I need your help, God. I need your Holy Spirit to guide me. And you know when this is a challenge is especially when you feel like you're not in control. That's what worries really about. We're, we want to be in control. Well, I, I felt a bit out of control a couple weeks ago. I, I had an accident in my truck. I have an 18 Ford F-150 and I learned that they're made out of aluminum. Amen. And uh, I was in an accident, and I was uh, on 741, and I was going north, just right over here by Carmel and by 42. There's a lot of construction over there, and uh, I knew it was a lot of traffic, and we were sort of bumper to bumper, and it was kind of stop and go right at that light down here, and and uh, and we were at the light actually at, at uh, Carmel just before you got down to 42, and. And there was a lady in an infinity that decided in the middle of the green light intersection that she would slam on her brakes. She was a bit nervous. I couldn't see what was happening because in front of me was a right rug van. And he slammed on his brakes very quickly to try to avoid her from slamming on her brakes. And I could not get out of it. I knew I was going to hit him. And I made a split second decision rather than just plowing him. I would try to turn out of it. She didn't take any damage. She wasn't hit. In fact, once she realized she was okay, she went ahead and, and went away and left, left our little accident scene there. The guy in the right rug van is like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He said, I did everything I could to stop and not hit her. And he said, wow, his, his van only took about that much damage. My, my, my truck took the entire side. It peeled it like a sardine can. And uh, I had to get out of the right side because I couldn't get out of the driver's side. It was a pretty bad accident. And and uh, I got out, and we checked on everything, and we're talking, and a police officer comes, uh, and uh, I asked him at the end, I said, are, are you going to cite me? He said, unfortunately, yes. So now i got to pay a ticket and all this, and that's fine, you know, and, and, uh, but I, I took it. and That night, I was so bothered by that. I was so upset by that. I wasn't like, wah, upset. I was just upset, you know? I was like, this really bothers me that like I had this accident. Now I have to go through the process. And we haven't had any insurance claims for like 20 years. And now just in two months, we have three. One where Lisa opened a truck door and it hit this girl's door and we dinged it and she was in coals and I had a slight momentary temptation. I was like, we could just leave. No, that wouldn't be right. So we stayed, and uh, we made sure she comes out. And so we filed a claim for her car. And it and, uh, wasn't Lisa's fault. By the way, the wind, a big gust of wind came and blew it. It really did. And uh, blew open the door into this. Uh, well, just before that, Hannah... Had an accident where she hit somebody from behind in my beloved 2001 Impala. You guys know how much I love that car. We were driving that gold car. All of our kids had driven it at some point. I cherished it. Put so much money in that piece of junk. And finally, I had to get rid of it. You know, we turned that in. And then I had to turn in this one right in a row. One, two, three strikes, and I'm out. And I was so burdened by this. And it bothered me all night, and I woke up the next day, and I was still bothered by it. And then beyond that, I was bothered that I was bothered by it. It upset me that it upset me, you know? And I thought, there's a lot other people with a lot bigger problems than that. And somewhere in the mid-morning, I took that pack off, and I just said, you know what? That's why I have insurance. It's okay. It's not ideal, but it's okay and I'm not going to worry about that anymore, and I'm going to lay that aside. And you think, well, that sounds so easy, but literally that helped me as I said, you know what, I can't can't carry that burden any longer. I'm just going to trust that it's going to work out. I can't worry about increased premiums. I can't worry about what's going to happen in the future. I just have to take care of what's in front of me right now. The old song said, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Cast your anxiety on him. So when you worry about your kids, realize that God loves your kids more than you do. When you worry about your finances, look back in your life and see how has God taken care of you in the past? And because he's taken care of you in the past, he, you know he's gonna take care of you in the future. Now, he's not, it's not, we're not talking about abundance here. It, it may be just what you need right when you need it, but realize that God's given you all that you need. The third thing I would say is casting your anxiety requires prayer, and this is where it gets practical. Verse 6 says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and that's important because you have the right attitude, the right mentality, that says, God, thank you for what we're experiencing. Not thank you for that accident, God, but thank you that nobody got hurt. Thank you that because we sort of avoided it, his van didn't run into her car and we have more issues. God, thank you for allowing us to have insurance and so that we can move on with life and everything's going to be okay. When you pray about it, realize, pray and say, God, I can't take this, but you can. Some of you might say, yeah, but I don't, I don't know how to pray. You don't have to be hyper-spiritual about it. It doesn't have to be formal. It's just an honest conversation as you would with your loving father. I always tell people it should be communication it should be respectful and honest. Why respectful? Because you're coming to the king of kings. And so while you don't have to be all formal, I do believe that we should show God honor and respect as we come to him. God, you're my father. God, I love you. God, thank you for caring for me. And then come honestly. God, I need you in this moment. I need to help you help me carry take this burden. And you say, well, I don't have time to pray about everything. And I would say, well, do you have time to worry about everything? If we prayed about all the things we were worried about, we'd have less to worry about. Worry has absolutely no power to change anything except a negative in our lives. But power has the ability to change things, to give us strength through it. Prayer gets us in touch with God who can change the problem we're worrying about. So when you're worried, you have two options. You could panic or you could pray. And I would suggest to you today to pray. Paul says, pray about everything. And you know what that means? Don't just pray about religious things. Most of us pray like this. God, we pray that you bless the missionaries, bless our country, bless the poor people, bless the sick, bless the Bengals. And this is kind of our rundown. And we hardly say, God, this headache is driving me crazy. God, these bills are more than I can handle. God, my kids are making me pull my hair out. God, we really need a bigger place to live. You see, can I pray about those kind of things? This verse says, yes, pray about everything. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. God's ability is greater than your anxiety, so pray. And then the result of that is number four, casting your anxiety results in peace. When we make the decision to let God provide He not only frees us from worry, he promises the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If anybody had reason to worry, it was the Apostle Paul who wrote these words from a Roman prison, knowing his life was in grave danger, and he writes to his friends in Philippi that how he had learned to handle situations like this, and he said in Philippians 4.13, in every situation, Christ gives me strength. And that's what we need. And you know, one of the things that gives us peace is, and one of the things that gives me peace is I remember that no matter what happens on this earth, God is going to give me the strength to get through it. And some of you say, well, I see what somebody else is dealing with, and I don't think I could have the strength that they, they will. And I don't believe that. I've seen it happen time and time again as people even within this room, you are facing some crisis or you have faced some crisis that you never expected in your life. And when you saw somebody else go through that same thing, you thought, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they make it. I don't know how they stay faithful. And I don't know how they endure it. And yet when you go through something very similar, you realize that God in that moment gives you the strength you need that you never thought possible. God does not give you more than you need. He gives you the adequate supply for the day, for whatever you're going through. And that gives me peace, and it also gives me peace to realize that no matter what happens on this earth, that God has a beautiful eternity waiting for me in heaven. Yes, hard things happen on this earth, but when they happen, God gives me strength, and even at the end of the day, I know that this world is not my home. God is going to give me peace of mind on this life because I know that I'm promised heaven when I die. And by the way, that's one of the reasons we need to worship regularly worship, when we come in here and we go to church, we're reminded that life is more important than food, and the body is more important than clothing, and man is more important than birds. We're able to realign our priorities. We're able to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're able to know that all these things will be added to us as well because we trust in God. We're able to look Jesus in his wonderful face, and when we do that, we know that all the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Jesus said one time, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives, so don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. So can I encourage you today? Rely on God. Rely on God in every situation. Turn to him in prayer with petition and with thanksgiving. Have that attitude of gratitude in your life to say, God, this, I don't like this. But God, I need your help through it. And God, help me to see your perspective in it. And then help me to think about eternity. And when I do that, and I understand that God gives me strength for the day, I'm going to have a peace that passes understanding in these moments. I think one of my favorite verses is a phrase that Jesus, your Savior, and my Savior gave to us in the Gospels. And he just said it like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, all of you who are carrying a heavy pack, all of you who are loaded down today, all of you feel like I can't carry this sucker one more minute, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. You take my burden upon you. You take my yoke upon you. You take my blessings upon you. You take my provision upon you, and you take your burden off, and you lay it down. Don't cast it like a fishing pole. Cast it like that backpack. Do it right now, and when that anxiety starts to come back, do it again. When it comes back to you, do it again. And I just want to give you an opportunity right now today to do that in this place. Everybody in this room, I want you to think about the things that cause you the most worry and anxiety in your life. I'm not talking about planning ahead. I'm not talking about good concern that causes you to have action. I'm talking about that thing that really causes you worry and anxiety in your life. What is that thing? Think about it right now. Whatever that thing is, we're going to go through a process in just a minute where I'm going to pray for you. I want you to identify what it is right now between you and God. What is the burden that you're carrying today? Maybe it's anxiety over your family or your children or your marriage relationship. Maybe you're worried about finances. Maybe you're worried about your job. Maybe you're worried about the economy. Or Maybe you're worried about your health. Maybe you're worried about your future. And you really don't know what's going to happen with those things. And you say, all right, God, I really don't know what's going to happen with those things, but I do know this. I trust you. I trust you. You've been faithful to me in the past. You're going to be faithful to me in the future. So I trust you, God. And today I'm going to come to you. I'm going to take that burden. And I literally am going to say, God, in a very real tangible way, I lay this burden at your feet. I trust you, God, with my life, with everything that's in me. I trust you to take care of it. So we're going to pray. And by the way, maybe there is something that God wants you to do. Maybe you do have a concern that God wants to use to have you take a step of action in your life. Maybe you're concerned about finances and God wants you to take an action in your life, to invest in a certain way or take a calculated risk. Or maybe he wants you to plan something in your future. You can pray about that too right now. Say, God, I don't want to be overburdened by this, but I do need your help to help me plan. And so I want to pray for you right now. God, we thank you, God, that you love us, that you care for us that you are our leader, our Lord. And thank you, God, for your words in the scripture that tell us we're commanded to not worry, to cast those anxieties on you, to not reel them back in all the time, to not try to be in control. But instead, God, to say we trust in you, we rely on you. We don't know what the future holds. You do. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But God, we trust in you. We rely on you. We pray to you because we know that you have the power to, to not only change circumstances, but to leave us sometimes in circumstances and give us the strength to endure it. And so God, today, there's somebody in this room today who's, who's struggling with finances. The economy is breaking them. They, they, they're really concerned about how they'll pay their next bill or make their next grocery payment or fill their gas tank so, God, I, I do pray. I pray for them today as they face that. And, God, that you would give them the ability to trust in you, to work hard, but to trust in you. You're going to provide. Somebody in here is worried about a health concern for them or their family, and they've carried it not just as a concern, but as an anxiety, as a worry, as something that they can't control on their own. And so, God, I pray today that you would relieve them of the of the pressure of that, help them to understand that you are in control of that, that you already have a good future planned out. I pray for those who are challenged relationally. They're struggling right now. There's somebody in here as a child that's walked away from God, and, 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 and rather than just praying about it, they have carried it like a burden, like a heavy weight. So God, today I pray that they would lay the burden down and just simply pray to you over and over again that every time they're worried about that child's future, that they pray to you and say, God, we know you love that child more than we do. So God, for those who are worried today, maybe they're childless today and they're saying, God, I want a child, I've been so worried and anxious about it. But God, we trust you with that. We trust you with their future. Somebody else is worried about singleness and they really want that mate and it just hasn't worked out, God. We just pray for that. We pray that they would trust in you. We don't know the future, but we trust that you know it. And we hold on to you, God, for all the burdens and for all the pressure, for all the challenges, God. We just pray that you would give us that peace that passes understanding today. Help us to rely on you. Help us to walk out of here not casting and then carrying it back again but instead casting it, leaving it right here at the door, leaving it right there at the foot of that cross, saying, God, you're going to have to help me on this because I don't have it all together. Help us to do that, God. We love you we thank you in Jesus' name. Now, I'm compelled before we close today to just say, in order to cast your burdens on God, you've got to know God. And maybe there's somebody in here today that does not have a relationship with Jesus. You've never submitted your life to him. You've never said, I want to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son, of the living God. you never confessed that to other people. You've never repented of your sins. You've never been baptized into Christ. And I want to challenge you and encourage you. If you want to make that decision, it doesn't have to be some, uh, something with a lot of fanfare. Just let me know in the, in the lobby. Hey, I need to become a Christian. And I'll take your good confession of faith. We'll plan that time for you to be baptized into Christ. Die to your old way. Die to your old worries. Die to your old anxieties and then be raised to new life, to walk in a new perspective, that God's with you, that God loves you, that God cares for you, that God will give you strength, and then at the end of the day, no matter what happens in this life, He has an eternity plan for you. And So if that's you, just let me know after service today, all right? Let's stand together. Let's worship together.